Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Today um, is one weekend away from Easter. And uh, I know some of us, we are looking forward to breaking fast for those of us who are fasting. Um, but actually in certain uh, more traditional, uh, you know, Christian denominations. Uh, today uh, is Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, it's called Palm Sunday. And in a while, we're going to read a scripture that, 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 that points to that indirectly. And I'll explain to you why indirectly. Um, but uh, what it really is, it's, it, it, it's, it's about Jesus entering into Jerusalem. You know, Jesus, of course, was ultimately crucified for our sins on, on, on Passion Friday or Good Friday. Uh, uh, but but in, a, in a while, we're going to read scripture. Uh, it points to Jesus' entry into Jerusalem and how the people welcome him and, and, and what happened subsequently. And this is what we want to look at today. So if you have a Bible, why don't you turn with me to Matthew chapter 21? And we're going to read from verse 1 to 20. Is that okay? Matthew 21, we're going to read from verse 1 to 20. Uh, it's going to be some amount of reading, but, but it's always good to read God's Word. Amen? And so if you're there, can you hear a good amen? amen. Fantastic. And uh, would you just allow me to even just pray for all of us, even before we read God's Word. Lord, we need you. Lord, we, this morning we've worshipped We've called upon your name in prayer, and right now we want to sit at your feet. And so God, we say, make our hearts soft, make our minds alert. Help us, Lord, to receive and absorb and help us to be good ground, Lord, to take in all that you have to say to us today. And God, we say we're not here for more information, but we desire transformation. So in a while, as we read our Bibles, let every verse, every letter, every word, let it jump out of the pages and let it leap straight into our hearts. Lord, change us, Lord, from the inside out so that we become more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 21 verse 1 says this, Now... When they drew near to Jerusalem, they came to, how do you pronounce that word? No, it's Bethphage, okay? Beth, I'm going to say Bethphage, okay? And, and, and what it means, okay? A little bit side tangent here. Uh, it means the house of the early figs. Figs. How many of you love figs here? Figs, man. Right? So this is the place where it's famous for figs. So, so every time you see the word Beth in, 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 in Hebrew, you know, uh, you know it, it means house. House. Anyway, any Beths here? Okay, no? Okay, cool. Uh, uh, Bethphage, all right? And at the Mount of Olives. So they were coming to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, and Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her, which is like a younger donkey. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. Wow. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. I think if I'm not mistaken, that the prophet Zechariah saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a coat, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the coat and laid their clothes on them and set him on them. And a very great multitudes, a very great multitudes. You know, uh, uh, ancient Bible scholars and historians say that around Jesus' time, Jerusalem as a city uh, was big and big back then is different than or big now. Um, so big back then, at any time they say there will be close to twenty to 30,000 people living in Jerusalem. Right, and and but when when they say that this is, uh, 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 you know, this is near. Not only we know as near Easter, but but it's also near Passover, and so there will be great crowds of people, you know, following Jesus as he as he started his ministry from the countryside. Now they're entering Jerusalem, but on top of that, there will usually around this time be be an extra Bible scholars say uh, close to an extra hundred twenty thousand people 
will descend on Jerusalem because the temple was the only place they could offer sacrifices. So it was like a pilgrimage. And so this, this, this crowd, this great multitude, when they saw you know, Jesus coming in on the donkey, they begin to spread their clothes on the road. So, so you know, nowadays when we watch like Oscar, you know, red carpet, right? So you think that, wow, red carpet, you know, now we use the word, oh, let's roll out the red carpet. What we mean is that let's give them the most audacious and, 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 and you know, uh, uh, um, just, just extra, <laughs> a welcome. You know? That's why when we watch uh, Oscars or any award show on the red carpet, people, people are walking there, people are taking pictures, and, and then, you know, people are, you know, you know calling out their names. Uh, but this was an even bigger welcome than red carpet. See, red carpet is just, okay, let's just roll out the red carpet. But these people, they, they, they took off their, their outer clothes. And so like, like every guy in, in church, for example, you know, anyone wearing a jacket, can you imagine you see Jesus coming and you, you're taking off your jacket and you're laying down the jacket so that Jesus could walk on it. You know, even Jesus, the donkey that was carrying Jesus could walk on it. Can you imagine the, the honour the crowd was given? This is this them welcoming back the king. And on top of that, they went down to cut down branches from the trees. It doesn't say specifically olive trees or, 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 or palm trees. Only could be any tree. Definitely not cactus tree. Uh, but, but branches and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And, 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 and Hosanna doesn't just, it's not just a Christian praise word, right? Today we have you no know, songs, you no, know, oh sing, Hosanna, sing. You know, the Sunday school songs are there. But, but Hosanna in Hebrew actually means save us, rescue us. And so they welcome him, but they also say, save us, save us. This is a king. He's come. He's come now to, to defeat the oppressors. He's come now to liberate us from the Roman occupation. Hosanna. So they brought the donkey and, okay, so next page. And when he had come into Jerusalem, riding on a donkey and coat, all the city was moved, saying, who is this? Now, this NKJV used the translation moved. Some translations say, you know, stirred. But, but this wasn't a positive move. This is not like you watch a very touching movie and then you were moved to tears. So it wasn't people seeing Jesus come in and then go like, whoop, you know, a tear come down. No, this was the, the, the whole city entered into panic mode. Now, can you imagine if, if, if one day, right, in, in, we're living in London and then suddenly you hear a crowd marching in from Reading, from Oxford, all the way from Bath and Bristol, and they're marching into London, marching all the way into the city centre. I tell you, this city will be on red alert, right? You know, the police will come out, and, and sometimes we see that. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, a couple of years ago, uh, Ken and I were just walking on Oxford Street, and then suddenly we saw the police just run down the street, asking everybody, go in the shops, go in the shops. We thought, oh no, is that like a terrorist thingy? No, it was just a football club in town. And what was in town was a German club from Cologne. And, and the fans were fierce, they were, they were marching, they were taking over Oxford Street. It, it, it was no license, no plan, they were just marching there and just clapping their football chants, they were like making their presence felt. And this was what was happening. You know, sometimes when we read the Word of God, we've got to apply some imagination. You know, don't just read it as like, oh, come here, donkey. No, there's so much more than that. And, 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 the start, and, and, and they say, who is this? And the multitude say, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. You know, when I read this, I'm thinking, wow, she's coming in and just flipping tables, you know, kicking away chairs. You know, this is a different type of Jesus. If you read in the Gospel of, of, of John, he even says that Jesus made a whip and started going, Whoosh! like, get away, get away. And, and, and this was, and he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Wow, this was Jesus. This is not meek and mild Jesus. This is the different side of Jesus. Then the blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. He cleared out the business doers and he welcomed the downtrodden. 
Wow, this is Jesus making a statement of what God's house is about. Amen? And, and then it doesn't stop there. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, they didn't like what he did, but they can't, they can't ignore the fact that miracles were happening and it was wonderful. The children crying out in the temple even saying, Hosanna to the son of David! They became indignant. They became angry. They became infuriated and said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? How can you let your, your, your followers, how can you let these little kiddos say this? And Jesus said to them, Yes, have you never read? Oh, he was challenging the, 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 the priests, the people who know the Word of God. Well, you, you, you say this is not allowed. Have you not read? Out of the mouth of babes. When I say babes here, I don't mean pretty ladies, okay? So, so no, today we go like, you know, out of the mouth of babes. You know? I'm sure there were a lot of like, you know, very attractive ladies going like, Jesus! Uh, but, but this is like babes, as in like young children, right? And nursing infants. You have perfected praise. Perfected praise. Wow. Then he left them and went out to the city to Bethany and he lodged there. Let's keep reading, okay? Three more verses. Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree, see the word fig comes back again, the fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on the tree but leaves and said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. And immediately the fig tree withered away. <laughs> You know, like, like, like just, just think of something just you know, disintegrating like that. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither away so soon? Amen. Amen. God bless the, the, the reading of His Word. Here you see Jesus in the scripture that we just read. Entering Jerusalem, you see Jesus clearing out the temple, and you see Jesus cursing the fig tree. You know, I don't know... You know, how long you've been a Christian, I don't even know if you're here, if you're a Christian or not, doesn't matter, we welcome you. But we can all agree that this, is, this would not be the usual picture of Jesus that you imagine. You know, when, when, you, when you pray, do you, do you imagine a Jesus that's there seated listening to you? You always think, right, you're, we're always thinking of like kind, compassionate Jesus there listening to our prayer. You know, do we ever think of a Jesus that's about to kick a table and then you go in there, Jesus, can you help me? And then Jesus goes, what? <laughs> you know, you know we, 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 we don't because this is a different side of Jesus. This is angry Jesus. In fact, if you're taking down notes, I, 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 the title of my message today is called Don't Mess With Jesus. Don't mess with Jesus. This is a Jesus that you don't want to mess with. This is a Jesus that you don't want to interrupt. And, 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 and some of us, we, we might not be comfortable with this image of, of, of Jesus because this is a confrontative Christ. But, but, but how many of you know that, that actually this is a good thing? That, that we don't just serve a God who is full of love, but we serve a God who loves us enough to confront the evils of the world. To, to get in our faces when we are in the wrong. It, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an act of love. I know not a lot of people here uh, uh, like to, to confront, you know. Uh, a lot of people think that I'm a very confrontative person. Pastor Cat is, I'm not. Um, I'm just joking, I'm just joking. You know, um, and, 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 and we, we don't like the idea of, of confrontation, but confrontation is, is really just taking action. And, 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 and love and confrontation go hand in hand. Care and confrontation go hand in hand. And for example, if you're walking along Oxford Street and, and you see a cute little girl, right? Little, I don't know, three, four-year-old girl looking very cute with pigtails. And, and I don't know, imagine your, the, the, whatever you imagine to be like the cutest picture of a young little innocent girl. And you see this little innocent girl playing by the side of the street very near the side of the street, would you go like, oh, it's so cute. Let me take out my, 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 my camera and video it, you know, playing by the side of the road, you know, jumping on the main street and then jumping off. No, no, you don't, right? You don't go filming and, and then suddenly a bus comes, poof. No, no, if you see a bus, you'll be like, no. In fact, you see a kid jumping off the, off the street, you'll be like, hey, hold on, hold on, where's your parents? You know, we, we, we show care, we, we, we confront the, the possible danger. Head on, we don't go like, oh, so just let you be, let you be. 
okay, <laughs> let's move on. No, no, you, you confront, you get in the face, you know. Sometimes we, 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 we out of love, we, we do that. And, and this is the God that we serve. We must remember that the same Jesus who died for us is also the same one who will confront us for our failings. And, 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 and we might not like this idea, but I'm telling you, this is what makes God good. God is not a passive God. God is not a God when He sees evil and He doesn't intervene. God is a God who intervenes. God is a God who, out of love, will, 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 will want to you know, get His hands dirty. And, and when you look at the way Jesus cleared the temple, He definitely got His hands dirty. Amen? And I wrote here, a God who doesn't confront and challenge us is no God at all. It's no God at all. If God is God, He's higher than us, He's wiser than us, He's bigger than us, he, 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 he's, he's more perfect than us. So it's only natural that His ways that, that, and, and our ways are going to come into a confrontation. But the question is, will we submit to Him? And so this is what I want us to meditate on today. You know, a, a different a side of Jesus, a, a, a Jesus that is not just meek and mild, and He is, but a Jesus who's also a man of action. A Jesus who's not afraid to get angry. And as Christians, we, we too must not be afraid to get angry, but especially getting angry at the right things. When we see injustice, when we see things not the way it should be as God planned it, we, we should get angry and do something. And, and this is what I want us to think of. I want, this is what I want us to, to meditate on this because Jesus wasn't just going in there, clearing out the temple, cursing down a fig tree for, for, for just to vent. You know, Jesus didn't, you know, you know Pastor Cat like to say that, you know, my, my, the way I handle my, my temper is like I'm a volcano. You know, and so I, I would just, you know, there will be a build up, build up, build up, build up, build up, and then suddenly there will be an explosion. And, and this wasn't Jesus having a volcano moment. You know, everything that he's doing here is to challenge, not just the people at that time, and which I will go to how he challenged the people at the time, but it was also for us. And so, I want us today to walk away with three challenges. Today, I want us to walk away with, with three things to ponder upon, to meditate and ask ourselves, you know, you know that have we also, in our pursuit of Jesus, uh, 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 have we also gotten certain things wrong? And, and I believe that in this scripture, there were at least three wrong things that Jesus was trying to address. And I believe that those things resonate with us until today. So the three points, I'll start with point number one. You know, in our pursuit of Jesus, have we gotten the wrong king? Point number one, the wrong king. What do I mean? So, you know, Jesus... Enter in Jerusalem and a big crowd welcomed him. And they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, which is like, save us, help us. And, and what I mean by wrong king is this. Are we only approaching Jesus for what he can do for us? You know, Jesus didn't just enter Jerusalem. And Jesus didn't, from Jerusalem's gates, went straight to Pontius Pilate's palace because he wasn't after uh, uh, earthly authority. Jesus went straight into the temple because He's after the throne room of our hearts. And the question I want to ask us today is that, you know, are we just looking at, at Jesus as the King who can take away our worries? Or do we see Him as the King who we need to worship? See, the people that were crying out, Hosanna, save us, save us! A week later, a big number of them were also the same ones who cried out, crucify him, crucify him, kill this guy, get rid of him. And so, when, 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 you see, the people at that time, when Jesus could perform miracles, if Jesus could kick away the Roman occupiers, then he is our king. But when he later, as the week went on in Jerusalem, as he began to teach and he began to show that that wasn't his mission, people begin to get angry and get frustrated. Is that also our relationship with Jesus? Are we treating Jesus like He's a vending machine? Come on, Jesus. Come on, give me. Come on, Jesus. I want that job. Come on, I want that job. Oh, come on, Jesus. I, you know, and, and this, friends, nothing wrong. If there's anyone here looking for a job, I'm not banging out on you. It's all right to ask God to help us. 
You see, Jesus didn't, didn't ignore the blind and, and the, the, the people who were sick who went to He healed them. So Jesus can save us. Jesus wants to help us, but He's also more than that. Ultimately, He wants to be the true King of our hearts. The question is, have we, have we worshipped the wrong King? You see, if we only go to Jesus because of what He can do for us, then friends, that's, that's not the real Jesus. That's, that's, a, that's a type of Jesus that you have created. If you only worship a Jesus that will not confront you, if you tell me, you know, every time I pray, I just feel God say, you know, you're just so amazing, you're so beautiful, I love you, I love you, I love you. You know, I just, I'm, I will tell you, you might not be praying to the right Jesus. And I'm not saying that Jesus is there going like, you're disgusting. No, no, no. But I'm saying that every time we read God's Word, it convicts us. Every time I pray, you know, I, I, I not only feel God's presence, but I also feel how inadequate I am. And, and then suddenly, but, but the inadequacy is suddenly covered by grace and I realize that despite my inadequacy, the Lord still allows me to draw near. And suddenly realize that it's not about God help me with my situation, and, but it's about God help me to see my situation through your eyes. Because you are king. You are king whether I'm on the valley low or whether I'm on mountaintop. You are king. Whether I have a job or I don't have a job, you are king. Whether I'm sick or healed, you are king. You know, whether I'm single or married, you are king. Whether I have children, I don't have children, you are king. Whether I have a lot of money, I have no money, I mean, that even, you are king. Whether I come from a perfect family or a broken family, you are king. That's how we should approach Jesus. Amen? So we've got to ask ourselves, Lord, help us. If we have worshipped the wrong king, then come on, let's come back to the true Jesus who loves us, died for us, but will also not be afraid. The Holy Spirit doesn't condemn, but the Holy Spirit convicts. And so if you've been coming to church and, 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 and you feel convicted, good. God's working in your life. Amen? So, so let's make sure, amen, as we prepare to enter into, you know, some, some traditions even call this week Holy Week because it leads up to, to, to Easter. But as we come towards Good Friday and Easter, as we remember again, don't just look forward to the breaking of the fast, all right? You know, <laughs> eating is fine, but, but come on, let's also say that, Lord, this week, let me come back to that place. If I have even for a second, you know, treated you as anything other than the one true King who deserves my praise, then Lord, forgive me. Let us use this week as a week of reflection and preparation. Amen? Point number two is this. Have we also been focused on the wrong thing? The wrong thing. Okay? Now, let me, let me just clarify. Um, Jesus went in and He cleared the temple. Right? He, he just totally, right? When, 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 I, when I look at that, I, I was... Uh, you know, my imagination goes into like, like WWE. You know, like, like you know, Jesus come in. I imagine the, the people were there doing business. You know, how much you want this stand for? You know, no bargaining and stuff for like that. And instantly, you know, in my imagination, it was like, if, if you ever watch wrestling, you know, there'll, there'll be like these two people on the stage, they'll, be, they'll try to talk. And then suddenly, you know, uh, there'll be music that, play, that blares out. And then the, the new, you know, WWE superstar walks down the ramp, you know, or, and, and just, you know, cleans house. And, and I imagine that. You know, I imagine them going like, you know, what you want? And then suddenly, can you smell what the rock of salvation or the rock of ages, his name is Jesus, is cooking. And then he's like, bah, bah, you know, it's just like cleaning house. He's choke slamming and body slamming and, and, and power driving people. No, not, not people. But he's like, you know, destroying furniture. This is Jesus. And then and, and before you, you, you come at me and, and go like, you know, pastor, you say that Jesus is without sin. Technically, he caused property damage. No, 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 no. This is his house. You see, if somebody else squats in my house and puts up stuff that doesn't belong in my house, it is the house owner's job and duty and right to kick them out. So, so don't try and come at me like that. But, but Jesus did clean house, right? Yeah, I can see your imagination is going already, yeah. Just don't imagine Jesus with speedo only, okay? He was fully clothed, but he was fully muscular. Jesus, like, you know, 
he's a carpenter. He knows how to dismantle the, the, the furniture and all that. But let me just flip it, okay? What do I mean by wrong thing? Is, are the selling of sacrificial animals used for a sacrifice a, a wrong thing? Technically, no. Because God did command that, hey, the temple is the, the place to do all these sacrifices. And, and people were coming. And, and from all over, you know, Israel, and even as far as Egypt and Greece, you know, Jewish people will, will come once a year to offer their sacrifices. And, and the Word of God even says that we are to offer God sacrifices that are without blemish. So, so, so technically, the, the, the service that they were offering was a good service. Because, you know, you know if I were to bring a, a perfectly healthy and, 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 and clean little lamb by the time, because back then there was no buses, no trains, no planes. And so if I were to walk from, I don't know, my, the, the, the place I'm, I'm living, you know, I'm, uh, and I'm an ancient Jew living in, I don't know, uh, uh, Malta, and I'm sailing by ship, and, and sometimes by the time I reach Jerusalem, you know, maybe my animal would have been injured. Maybe the five doves I brought, you know, one would have flown away. And so technically, offering people this service of like, here, here you go, you can buy animals for me so that we can give God a good, clean and, and right sacrifice is by itself not an evil thing. What about the money changers that he flipped the tables over? Is, is money changing a, a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing because people came from all over the world and they needed a place to change their currency so that they can use local currencies to, to, to do trading so that they can buy the, the, the things they need to, 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 to atone for their sins. But what was the issue here? The issue wasn't that these things were evil, but that they were in the wrong place. You see, a good thing in the wrong place becomes the wrong thing. You know, we always tell people this, you know, I get asked this a lot, Pastor, when's the right time I should start dating? And I always tell people this simple formula. I say that the right person, and that includes yourself as well, because it's not just about finding the right person, it's also about being the right person, okay? And so, the right person plus the right timing. And so, some of us here, we find the right person. Pastor, I just met the most amazing guy. You know, he's, he's, well, he's everything that I wish, you know, my future uh, boyfriend to be. Oh, no, Pastor, he's such a good-looking Korean guy. In fact, he, he was the eighth member of BTS. I know BTS only has seven members, but, but he almost made the cut. And, and, the, and the reason why he didn't want to, you know, uh, sign with them was because he wanted to spend one year doing mission work in Africa. Pastor, this is the guy. You should see his six-packs. I mean, uh, not that I've seen it, but I've heard that it, it, it's good. And maybe he is the right guy. Or a good guy. But the timing is wrong. The timing is wrong. You're not at a good place. You're, 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 you're in, in a place where everything's in flux. You're too young. And, 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 and even if you meet the right guy at the wrong time, it's not going to end well. And the other thing is the same. You can be like, Pastor, I get it now. You see, Pastor, I graduated, first class honor, praise the Lord. I got a job in a law firm. You know, I'm, 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 I'm earning money, I'm tithing. I just put down the down payment for my first property. I'm like, wow, praise the Lord. I think I'm ready to date. And the timing might be right. You might be financially independent and, and, and fiscally responsible and, 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 and climbing the, the, the ladder, whatever, corporate ladder, career ladder. But then, just because the timing is right, but then if you date the wrong person, Pastor, you know, you know he's so amazing, but it, no, just because he doesn't love Jesus, it's okay. No. It's the right time, the wrong person, that's not a healthy combination. And, and, and this is what the wrong thing is. There, was, there could have been so many places in Jerusalem to do your money-changing business. There could be so many places in Jerusalem to, to, to buy and sell animals. Why did the people allow it to enter into the temple, the holiest place? And that's where we get it wrong. A lot of times, as Christians, we have allowed the good things in our lives into the wrong place. Or worse, we've allowed them into the spiritual space of our lives, the holy place of our lives. 
What, what do I mean by that? You see, is your job good? Good. But if your job begins to overtake the lordship of Jesus Christ in your life, then it's the wrong thing. Do you understand what I'm getting at? You know, your relationship could be good. He could even be a Christian guy. But, but if that relationship starts to take precedence over your love for Jesus, then that's wrong. And, and, and I find that many times Christians, we, 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 we need to guard our spiritual spaces. And this is not an actual physical place. This is a spiritual place in our hearts. You know, Jesus is meant to be Lord. A king is not just somebody that we ask favours from. A king is somebody who rules. So is Jesus ruling your life? Or have you allowed something else, the wrong thing to rule your life? It can be a good thing turned wrong, but it could also be a wrong thing. Some of us here, we're ruled by lust. We're ruled by fear. We're ruled by addictions. And as I'm saying this, I'm not knocking down anyone here. I'm telling you, lovingly but confrontationally, that's not how Jesus wants you to live. And whatever enjoyment you're getting out of it is not the full life that God has in store for you. It's not the healthy life that God has in store for you. And so what's ruling your life? What's overtaken? Amen? You know, we've got to be so careful. It is said that idols are, are, are good things in our lives that we elevate to make them great things. But there's only one great in our lives and He's the great I Am. His name is Jesus. And, and we've got to be careful. The Bible calls us living sacrifices. We're not robots. You know, God, I wish we were robots. Just input command, belief in Jesus.exe. That's it. But instead, when we're living, breathing, we shift. And, 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 and we're doing well, but after a while, if we're not careful, money can overtake. And is money an evil thing? No, only the love of money is an evil thing. But sometimes, we can go like, wow, money, 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 money. Oh, I need to save money, I need to save money. And suddenly, your entire personality, your entire character is, is, is fashion moulded by. You're no longer moulded by the porter, our Heavenly Father. Now you're moulded by the world's views on, on money. Have you met people like that? Oh, a discount here, saving here. No, 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 that's the best deal. The entire makeup is about money, money, money. Make it, save it, gather as much of it, invest, 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 invest. And it's so sad. Recently, I went to Malaysia and I was catching up some old friends and it's so sad to hear some of them who one time so on fire. At one time, they were my inspiration and now all I can hear them talk about is money, 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 money. And something else has overtaken their hearts. For us, it could be money, it could be our job, it could be relationship. Once a day when you get married, sometimes you have, God blesses you with children. If you're not careful, even children... Constantly, have you been there before? Or you heard it, maybe not you, but, but I have, where people will say that, oh, you know, um, you know, um, I, I, I can't come to church today because I need to go to my child's piano recital, which also happens on a Sunday. Oh, I, 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 my, my child uh, can't come to church today because uh, he, need, he or she needs to go to a tuition, needs to go to Chinese school, whatever it is, you know, the, the extra language classes on a Sunday. Do you see how sometimes we shift? And so we need to make sure that we are also not carrying the wrong things or allowing the good things to enter into the wrong place of our lives. Amen? Point number three is this. The wrong bling. Yes, you did not hear me incorrectly. Bling. According to the Oxford Dictionary, bling... <laughs> It's an informal term to describe expensive jewelry or clothing. And so whenever people wear jewelry to, to make themselves look good or wear cool clothing, designer branding, whatever, it is called bling. Like, wow, man, there's so much bling and, and all that. It, it's, it's covering what it is. It's, it's, it's things on the outside that makes us look good. Let's move on from the temple to, to look at Jesus' interaction with the fig tree from verse 18 to 20. 
from verse 18 to 20, you see Jesus said that in the morning, as we returned from the city, he was hungry. And then he saw the fig tree and this interaction. Let me clarify. Jesus wasn't hangry. Some of you, when you don't have enough food, a different personality overtakes you and you go, Rrrr! so Jesus wasn't going like, you know, so, you know, I hold your ministry, hold your clay in the temple. No, where's the food? Rrrr! No, 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 no. Okay, Jesus wasn't being hangry. Jesus doesn't have anger issues. Jesus doesn't hate fruits like me. He doesn't, you know, he, 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 you know Jesus wasn't being a sport brat. Have you seen little kids or maybe you're, you were one of them at one time before? He go like, your, your mom says, Mommy, this is not my cereal. I want Lucky Stars. Ah! You know, and then you throw a tantrum. You, you flip the table in your own kitchen. No, 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 no. This wasn't Jesus throwing a tantrum. This wasn't Jesus being hangry. This, this is a statement. You see, for us, we look at this and we go like, oh, fig. So be about figs. But the people at that time understood. You see, the place was called Beth Fige. Right? So it's, it's, it's a place that is known for figs. Now, Figs, um, in the Old Testament, God many times used the prophets of old um, to use grapes and, and, and fruitfulness and even the fig tree and the fig fruit as a criticism towards Jerusalem and Israel for, for not bearing fruit. So, in, 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 you can go back, homework, Micah, Hosea, and Jeremiah, and other prophets, many times they've said that, you know, God came looking for fruits and, and, and found the fig tree to not have fruits. And so, when Jesus was confronting the fig tree, for us, it might be a foreign concept, but for the listeners around them, they understood. Because fig represented the beauty and the fruitfulness that Israel was, was meant to have. And, 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 and what Jesus was doing, we, the way he confronted the fig tree is, is, and I hope you don't get lost by this illustration, is, have you watched those Kung Fu movies where Bruce Lee goes in and goes like, don't mess with me. Otherwise, like, you know, he breaks, he breaks like a panel, he crashes the tin, it's like, I will take you out. You know? And this was Jesus doing, you know, because, because, Back then, the, 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 the prophets, they were not just people. Today, when we hear prophetic words, we go like, Nota says the Lord, you know, He will bless you. So, no, no, if you read the Old Testament, God many times used the prophets to, to almost become like, like, like performance artists. And, and you see Jeremiah take vows, like he'll break it, and you see certain uh, 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 prophets, you know, uh, I, I think, you know, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Isaiah was one of them who, who got asked, okay, uh, walk around naked. And, 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 you know, there was another prophet that says, okay, marry a prostitute. You know, like, like God didn't just ask them to, to release a word. God asked them to lift out in a very radical, shocking way so that it gets people's attention. And God is saying that, you know, just as how that prophet was with the prostitute was says, what is how I have been with you. You've been unfaithful, but I've been faithful. It's like, whoa. And so this was Jesus you know, uh, 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 almost like, I won't say performance arts, but, 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 but doing something that was a callback to the people, a callback to how the prophets would communicate, how the prophets would, 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 would demonstrate what God was trying to get the people, how God was trying to get their attention. And, and so he was saying that, fig tree, no more chance for you. And then fig tree just started withering. <laughs> So it wasn't just a performance art, it was also a prophetic miracle. And Jesus was confronting and said that at the end of the day, I am looking for fruitfulness. You see, the tree, it says that there's nothing on the tree except leaves. And you might be thinking, oh, okay, nothing wrong with that. But, but a, a, a fully grown tree full of leaves is actually a sign of health. In fact, when you read this account, and maybe the Gospel of Mark, it says that it was full of leaves but had no fruit. And what Jesus was trying to say is this, that, hey, don't just look healthy on the outside but have no fruit. And a lot of us as Christians, we look healthy on the outside. We go to church, we serve, but we look healthy on the outside. We give, we look healthy on the outside, but what about the inside? What about our fruits? 
And God's desire for the people of Israel was not for them to just be one little nation worshipping God. They were always meant to be a nation that would then take that message and go around the world. And, 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 and because that's what a fruit means. A fruit means that this tree is so healthy that it's able to produce additional food for other beings. Because that's what fruits are. Other creatures, humans or animals, when they eat the fruit, they get nourishment. They get life. That tree had so much life to give that it was able to share its life with others to sustain them and stop them from dying. That's God's picture of His people. We're not just meant to receive blessing only, but so much blessing that our blessing becomes fruit that can bless and sustain and impact and change other people. And in every fruit is also seed to plant a new tree. So God is saying that I want my people to be so healthy, so full of me that, that they are a blessing their good works shine forth so that people who don't even know God will see their good works and praise their Father in heaven. But even in that good works called the fruit, even in the sustenance of, of our blessing, is a seed that points to Jesus. And so, that's why Jesus was so mad at the fig tree. But he was, this is also another, you can look at a very, on one hand, if you didn't know better, you look at a very strange Almost like, you know, short-tempered, bratty Jesus. No, no, no. He was angry. He was confrontative, but it was also loving. He says that, I'd rather use this fig tree as an example than for you to suffer the same fate. Let this fig tree be a warning to you. But if you don't repent, if you don't change, you will end up like this fig tree. You will wither and die. If you only bother looking good on the outside, and as I'm preaching this, I'm not, I'm not just preaching to you, I'm also preaching to myself. Because it's, I, I, it's also very easy for people to go like, wow, he's a pastor, of course he's doing okay. You know, he knows how to preach, of course he's doing okay. Oh, intellectually, he's so, such, a, such a Christian. But, but what about my fruit? Am I bearing fruit? What's another sign of just being full of leaves and no fruit? What about just, you know, recently I heard a term, oh, I'm a CEO Christian. CEO Christian. Christmas and Easter only. And, and I'm like, okay. But how many of us are also CEO Christians? Maybe not Christmas, maybe not Easter, but maybe Sunday only. And then Monday to Saturday, we almost go like, God, don't, don't touch. And we allow our job, we allow our other things to creep into the holy place that only God deserves to sit. And then on, but on Sunday, we come, we go like, Hallelujah, praise the Lord, sister, brother, how are you? Amen, hallelujah, how are you? Oh, shalom, shalom. Don't you know today is Resurrection Sunday? The Lord has risen. Praise the Lord. You know, just yesterday, I was meditation on the predetermination of God of our sanctification and reformation and, and you're throwing out all these words. You're filling yourself with theology. Oh, no, the other day I was just meditating on soteriology, exegesis, eisegesis. And again, nothing wrong with these things, but, but are they producing fruit? Or are they just leaves? I met Christians that are so busy serving. But their lives, after a while, there's no prayer. And, and I'm torn because some, some of my Christian brothers and sisters that I've met before, they, they love the Lord. They'll come. They'll come early to church. They'll serve. They don't mind being on every, every weekend, every Sunday. They serve. And on the outside, they look, wow, worship leader. On the outside, they look like Christian boy, even have a Christian name or whatever it is. On the outside, they look all great, leaves, but no fruit. When it truly push comes to shove, no fruit. Fruit, are you bearing fruit? Only we know. I'm not there with you in your room. I'm not there with you in your life. I'm not there with you at work. Only you know. Whether Jesus is just another jargon. See, sometimes we can even come in and we worship and, and it be, just becomes another concert for us. 
leaves. Wow, you know, I'm so, I'm so insecure to raise my hand. Wow, the person raised that. No, it's not about raising hand. Leaves. More importantly, is fruit. Fruit. Only you know your internet behavior. Only you know your, 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 your giving behavior. Only you know what goes on behind the scenes, behind closed doors when no one is looking. Fruit. Only you know how you represent Jesus at your workplace. Only you know how you represent Jesus with your family member. Only you know if you have unforgiveness in your heart. Fruit. There's no point looking all blinged out, all dripping with, with, you know, just looking all very Christ-like. But we need to ask God to check us and go like, God, I want to be fruitful. And it doesn't mean blessing. A lot of times you go like, oh, make me fruitful, God. We immediately think of ka-ching, ka-ching. We think of money in our bank account. And no, no, fruitful is more than that. And we need to ask God, God, help me, Lord. If I've been walking around parading myself like, like, like I've made it, God, I, I don't want to care. Because that's not what impresses you. It wasn't the leaves that impressed Jesus. So what, 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 what should we do as we, as we approach the cross, as we approach this time of the year where we meditate on how Jesus died for our sins? Let us come back. Let us truly repent. Let us truly welcome the true king home, not a king who can do us favours. And let us also not be people who only go to the king when we need favours. But let us truly be people that will take off you know, the things of our lives. Take off and, and lay at the feet of Jesus our jobs. Lay at the feet of Jesus our future. Lay at the feet of Jesus our finances, our, our dreams, our hopes, our, our, our decisions and says, Lord Jesus, walk on them. Let us be people that, that, that are watchful. And if there are certain things that that don't belong in the throne room of your heart, if they've creeped in, it can even be good things. We need to remove them. Or we need to, we need to push back. And, and I think that's the struggle. Because if it's a wrong thing, you know it. I, I don't need to stand here to preach. It's the good things called your job. It's the good things called holiday. Some of us here after a while, you know, we're all about, oh, holiday, holiday, holiday. Nothing wrong with holiday. Okay, so don't, don't make me go, oh, the pastor hates him and go on holiday, you know. Next time, I won't, I won't tell him the next. No, no, no. Go. If you need a holiday, go. But when you're on a holiday, can you go to church? I, I know some people here, they, they love the Lord so much, they, they even plan their holidays, you know, so that He doesn't touch Sundays. And, you know, thank you if you're people who do that. And I hope you do it unto the Lord. I hope it won't just be a leaf. Because we can also do that. Well, look at that person. He's so on fire and serving. You know, he's never, he's never missed a single Sunday. I'm not talking about you, best. I know last, last Sunday you preached on that, okay? So, best, we love you. I'm talking about, you know, how sometimes we can keep up appearances, right? And, and you know, and, and let's ask God to check our hearts again. God, I don't just want to look busy. I don't want to be a busy bee Christian. I, I want to be a true believer. I want to be a true child of God. I want to bear fruit. Let my character, let, 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 let kindness be a fruit. Let, let, let patience be a fruit. You know, help me to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Help me to bear fruit of repentance. A lot of times you go like, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Yeah, after a while, words become cheap. You never date or be in a relationship with someone who only tells you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Okay, by the way, can you, uh, you know, do this for me? No. But I love you, but I love you. No. no if, if you really love someone, you can prove it with actions. In fact, James says that faith without action is dead. And sometimes we, 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 our leaves are just fruit, our language. I don't know, our leaves could be our Instagram. So everything, our, we, we have this curated image. We have this curated social image where we look the part. But the question is, are we truly living for Jesus? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you are good. You are so good and so loving that you 
lovingly and seriously and sternly sometimes get in our face. Not because you hate us, not because you want to shame us, but because, Lord, you wanted us to wake up from our, I don't know, from our sleep. You wanted us to wake up and realize how wrong we've been. So God, we say, Lord, thank you for loving us enough to discipline us. Thank you for loving us enough to confront us. Thank you for loving us enough to tell us that we are wrong. Thank you for loving us and dying on the cross for us. So Lord Jesus, even as we leave today, I pray that you will help us, Lord. If we have only seen you as a service provider, a vending machine, a slot machine, but not as the one true king of our lives. Not just somebody to take our worries away, but somebody for us to worship and for us to sit under your authority. Help us to sit under your authority. Lord Jesus, we want you to rule over our lives. Lord, check our hearts. If there are good things that have entered the wrong place, and become a wrong thing help us to remove it completely Lord Lord help us to remove it completely because we don't want anything to come between you and us and God help us Lord to go back not to judge others but to first judge ourselves help us to take stock of ourselves Lord we don't want to be a fig tree that only has leaves and no fruit. That is not what you are looking for. That is not what you are looking for. Lord, help us to reflect you. Help us to be what you are looking for. We want to be fruitful. We want to bear fruit. Help us to be rooted in you. Help us to bear fruit that can be a blessing. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Axe, you can check out www.axechurch.uk. God bless.